The Pittsburgh Steelers have given fans a lot of reasons to be excited with their drafting and their setting things up in the offseason. But are we are we overlooking potentially one of the better parts of the team that we already knew was great and might even be in a better position because of how they've handled this offseason? That's the defensive line. We'll talk about that and take some of your questions here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy this show and if you enjoy this episode and subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We'll get to more of that later, but hope everyone had a great weekend. We are here in May and OTAs start this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the Steelers are holding their, their practices where we'll get to see the guys, all the team finally coming back together and us getting a chance to talk to them about their offseason. We'll get to that later. I still want to talk about something that I think has been overlooked as we have talked about all the things that have happened this 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 offseason, the strengthening of the offensive line, not just with Broderick Jones and Isaac Suamalo, the potential uh, the potential stepping up of Kenny Pickett in the offense, and Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry as a tight end group, and Joey Porter Jr. along with Patrick Peterson, what the corners could look like. There's a lot of excitement there, but I think one thing we may be not hyping or harping on enough is the Steelers' defensive line, which last year was a vital part of the Steelers' success. And you're getting, basically, the same starters back from last year with Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi of two of your inside pieces. But one of the biggest things that were the concerns for the Steelers, even going back to the start of last year, and maybe even kind of the year before that when we didn't know uh, well, I guess the year before that, we didn't know Stephon Tewitt's career was done. But once Stephon Tewitt announced his retirement, it was an immediate concern to find who were going to be the next guys at the defensive line. We knew last year when they drafted DeMarvin Leal, there were some things we liked about him. And then he showed a pretty decent rookie season when he wasn't injured. And then they went and drafted Keanu Ben, who I had if you followed this show throughout the draft process leading up to the draft in the months, and I had as one of my top defensive linemen even over guys like Mozzie Smith who went in the first round. And they got him in the, in the second round at 49. And now they have a situation where their defensive line sets up to be you're still your top two guys, Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi, your top two guys from last year. And now your next two guys can be the young guys that you're hoping will, will take the torch from the old guys in a few years. And that's DeMarvin Leal and Keanu Benton. And you still have veterans that you've brought in, like Armin Watts, like Braden Fajoko, and you still have Montrevious Adams to kind of fill out the bottom of the list. There's also Isaiah Loudermilk still around. But now you're in a position where last year, after those top guys, you had Chris Wormley, you had Tyson Alulu, who was on the last legs of his career. You weren't so sure about the depth at defensive line. This year, 
There's a lot more reasons to be excited. And I think this goes to what we talk about the entire Steelers roster. They have filled in so many more holes. You're so much more excited about different guys stepping up. Keanu Benton, when you looked at his at his time in college, he had, he had like six, six and a half, I think, sacks in his final year at Wisconsin, but he's still more of a run stuffer, and he's developing his schools as a, his skills as a pass rusher. But that's just fine, I think, for what the Steelers are right now. If you go and look at the rated uh, how many times pl- players were, were charged with a hurry last year uh, from uh, from pro football focus when it came to the Steelers defenders, of the top seven guys who created the most hurries on quarterbacks and pass rushing, five of them were defensive linemen. Excuse me, four of them were defensive linemen. Cam Hayward was number one with 36 hurries. Behind him was Alex Highsmith with 35 and TJ Watt with 20. But then behind him were Larry Ogunjobi, Chris Wormley, and then Robert Splane had the six most, and then Tyson Alulu was next. And Wormley and Alulu, Wormley, I think, was a solid occasional pass rusher who could occasionally win some one-on-one matchups but he wasn't the guy that was going to consistently take on double teams be a more physical player he didn't have as much flexibility as some as a other player who projects to be like demarvin leal there were things there that you wanted to be better and tyson alulu back i think a few years ago before he his most recent injury tyson alulu was that guy he was a great depth piece and even a starter if you wanted a nose tackle but he aged out of that Things happen. He was a good veteran for a time, and they need someone else to step up there. That's why I think they went and got Braden Fajoko and Armin Watts in the offseason just to say, hey, here's two veterans. They'll come in. They'll compete. We'll see how they do. But you know you have two young guys, especially that you drafted on the second day of the draft in back-to-back years. DeMarvin Leal is a third-round pick in 2022, and now Keanu Benton is a second-round pick in 2023. And Benton, to me, could even be a starter at nose right now with you just say, hey, clog up holes. Take on double teams. Don't let don't let our linebackers get hit in the middle of the field. Keep the keep the keep the the line clean. Keep the linebackers clean so that they can make plays against the run. And if they run your way, use them long arms. Use that big body. Take take the take the play out. And if you look at where a lot of the success in stuffing the run last year came from, again, it was the defensive line. You go to Pro Football Focus. The most run stuffs went to Kent. Run, run stuffs or, or plays considered stops against the run. By Pro Football Focus, 31 of them, the most on the team, was to Cam Hayward. Next up was Ogan Joby with 21. Devin Bush was next with 20, and Alex Highsmith and Miles Jack came after that. But then Chris Wormley was there. And I think, again, you're probably going to have Hayward and Ogan Joby there. But now you're hoping to have DeMarvin Leal for the whole season, and maybe he'll he'll eke his way up into that. You'll also have Keanu Benton playing, and I think that that's where his strength is going to be. And you don't need Benton to necessarily be a premier pass rusher right away because the Steelers are going to get that pass rushing from Hayward, from Ogunjobi. You're also going to get it from your edge rushers, who we know everyone's excited, excited to see fully healthy for a year, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. And the Steelers are still going to be throwing their different blitzes, and we're probably going to see different ways to create pressure. But there's not as much pressure from these two guys, the younger defensive linemen, Leal and Benton, to create, to be able to be the guys who create the most havoc. They can develop. And that's where I think the Steelers are in an advantageous situation on their defensive line right now. It's not just that they have the really good starters. They may have the future already on this roster at this position, which was something that was a concern. For the past couple of years, who would be those guys? Can they find those guys? Because whereas you're confident Cam Hayward can do it and you were happy with the Larry Ogunjobi signing last year, you know that 
though the, the, the time for that isn't these guys aren't in the prime of their primes anymore. I think that Cam Hayward is still going to be a Pro Bowl player this year and still going to be a dangerous guy. I think Larry Ogunjobi has some really good years ahead of him. But you know that they are not in their mid-20s. You can't bank on them like you're banking on T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and other guys who are veterans but much into the prime of their career where they're, they have several years ahead of them to be the, these top players. These guys probably only got a few of those left. And last year behind them, you know, DeMar and I was there when he was playing, it, it looked good. But then he got hurt and you saw the, the depth of the defensive line take a hit. You saw it hurt the run defense at times. You saw it hurt the pass rush at times. And they didn't, they couldn't generate much, much of a pass rush when TJ Watt was out. But now this year, I do think you're looking at a unit that could get back to being one of the best in the NFL, which is where it was in 2019 and even 2020. Stephon Tua was a big part of that defensive line. I think that's something that Steelers fans forget, that his absence in the past few years is a huge hole in this roster. He was signed big money to be him, to make, for him and Cam Hayward to be two colossal just powerhouses in the middle of the defense that could cause havoc in the run and the pass and make life easier for everybody else. And they, when to went down, they still had Hayward, but it wasn't the same. And that was something that Stefan to contract finally just got off the books. And another reason why they're able to spend a little bit more money. And I truly think that with the drafting of Benton, the development of Leal, the keeping of Ogunjobi and the consistent presence that Cam Hayward is there, as well as, you know, your option for depth guys in that defensive line, the Steelers might be back to having not just a strong first wave of a defensive line. They may have the rotation to tire you out the same way Andy Weidel tried to set up help help Howie Roseman's G, the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles set up the Eagles defensive front with a consistent wave of defensive linemen who could create pressure, keep keep get in your face, be physical. And, and stay fresh all game long so that eventually when, when it's crunch time in the fourth quarter, your starters are rested because you were able to trust some of those younger players to win some of those matchups. I really think that this is something that we haven't talked about enough and that when the pads come on in August and we start seeing it in training camp, I'll be really eager to see how these guys line up against the Steelers offensive line and some of the battles we'll see when we start to see those one-on-ones because the trenches are going to be a very important part of the Steelers season this year. We'll get to more questions. We'll get to more things here. We got some questions from you callers here on the Locked On Steelers podcast that we'll get to in just a minute here. So stick with us. We still have a lot to talk about on today's today's episode. But before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is the number one sports book in America. You need to get on it right now. If you haven't, you're missing out because the NBA playoffs are in the conference finals, and it is crazy. It looks like the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat might be the ones going to the to, going to the finals. But if you want to make money off it, there's no better place to do that than on FanDuel. Now, if you go to FanDuel and you're a new customer, you're in luck because they have a new thing called what's called a no-sweat first bet. If you make a bet on FanDuel as your first bet and you and you lose it, you can win back up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. Again, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. You can bet on how many points Jimmy Butler pulls off in the fourth quarter. You can bet, bet on Nikola Jokic and if he's going to have another triple-double. You can bet on who's going to win it all. All of that, though, that action can be done on uh, on 
FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America right now. It's all an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000 back in bonus bets on FanDuel today by going to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing our show here on a Monday. Now, um, just a reminder for those who might be new to the show or might be coming back because they're excited about something. We've been doing our campaign where we're raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, where if you use the QR code on your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, or you use the link that's in the description of the podcast, whether it's in audio form or on YouTube, you can click on that link or use this QR code to go to my donation page and donate money to, to our cause to help raise money for to help find a cure for cystic fibrosis, uh, a uh a condition that impacts tens of thousands of Americans every day. Uh, We appreciate any donation that you can. And if you are a person who likes to call in with questions, we have a lot of them. If you donate $10 and ask a question, we will be guaranteed your question answered on the air within a week of that donation. So thanks again to everyone who calls in at 412-223-6644. Let's actually get to one of those questions because we have a lot of questions that have been piling up and someone who recently donated I got a question in, so I wanted to get them on the air. Here's Andrew from Plains, PA, asking a question that was sparked from an episode that we had last week. Hello, Chris Carter. This is Andrew Szymanski from Plains, Pennsylvania, uh, now a happy contributor to your good cause that you have on the show. But let's talk football. And I like what you brought up about uh, the tight ends being cheaper options. But I am wondering, should we keep two tight ends? What do you think that will do to our wide receiver room? Um, Who you see as long-term stealers? And I would really love to hear what you have to say about that. Thank you. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Andrew, and thank you for your donation to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Again, you can do that by going to uh, the uh, the link that the QR code on screen, or using the link that's provided on in this pod in the description of this podcast. Um, but we appreciate your, you you uh, you not only calling with a question, but donating to such a great cause uh, that we that we're helping for here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But let's get to an- answering Andrew's question now. For those who might have missed it, we had on NFL draft expert and host of Locked On NFL Scouting, Joe Marino, on the Wednesday episode of last week. Joe brought what was brought on because they recently hit him and his partner Kyle Krabs did a review of the Steelers roster and the strengths, weaknesses, and what they thought the state of the Steelers was. And when we talked about it, he was very excited for what the potential could be with Pat Frymuth and Darnell Washington moving forward. And he also talked about the longevity of it and what might be something in the works for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's that Tight ends, when you look at the numbers in, in, the, in the NFL, do not get paid like top-tier receivers. And Pat Fryermuth is a guy who, in just two years in the NFL, has put up decent numbers with so-so quarterback play and has has kind of been a guy who's, who's shined. And if Kenny Pickett does take off and at least – is a solid to above average quarterback in the next in the next few years. You could see Pat Fryermuth's numbers take off and him get in the conversation with the top tight ends in the league. And that could be something exciting to see. And with the drafting of Darnell Washington, 
you could have another guy who, if he if he takes steps up with the offense, you could have multiple guys at the tight end position getting getting numbers. And what Joe Marino's point was, and this is to Andy's question, um, the Steelers, if they wanted to pay Pat Frymuth and Darnell Washington, it would be a way of not having to pay wide receivers big money. Because if you look at the different positions in the NFL, wide receivers. The top guys are averaging like 30 million, 28 million. You know, if you'd have to go down 10, even like the 10 spots down, like guys like Deontay Johnson are averaging $18.3 million per year in how much they're making. Chris Godwin and Amari Cooper making $20 million a year. But switch that to tight end. The top guys at tight end, like Darren Waller, George Kittle, uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle's making an average of 17 million a year. Kittle, 15 million Travis Kelsey 14.3 so you look at guys like that and if you could sign Patrick Pat Frymuth to a 13 14 15 million dollar a year contract you and and maybe you sign Darnell Washington if you wanted to keep both of them say let's say in the long run here to maybe like another eight million dollar contract that's how much that's a little bit more than what uh, Johnu Smith is making for the for the Falcons you could see a way to make to, to have to be paying your tight ends have serious passing threats and blocking threats and kind of keep doing what the Steelers have been doing at wide receiver which is just drafting and not paying a bunch of guys it seems to be the Steelers model of especially in, in recent years to mainly pay one big receiver and then draft around that guy and then develop how, how they are that's what they're doing with Deontay Johnson now he got a big payday and Juju Smith-Schuster went went elsewhere uh, James Washington went elsewhere and now they've drafted guys like George Pickens like Calvin Austin other guys to fill in fill in the roster here and then they sign guys like Allen Robinson for smaller deals and see how it works I can totally see, not to get to Andy's question here, I could totally see George Pickens being that guy. If as long as he continues to rise, he had a really good rookie season. If he continues to take, take steps up in three years' time when his contract is up, I can totally see him him being the guy that Deontay Johnson is now, money-wise, getting the big money contract, and the Steelers just keep drafting wide receivers early and trying to hit hit here and there so that they could still have a strong wide receiver core while only really paying one wide receiver. That was actually their plan with Antonio Brown. You go back to when he started with the Steelers, uh, when he got his big contract, it was when Mike Wallace passed on his deal and went somewhere else. So Antonio Brown got got paid in that situation. Then over the years, you think about the guys that they brought around him. They didn't pay Martavis Bryant big money to stick around. Marcus Wheatons didn't stick around. They kept drafting guys, and that's why the Steelers were drafting so many guys early was to say, hey, you know, we had that, that's that pillar piece in the wide receiver room. Now let's not over-invest in that position let's pay the number one guy in Antonio Brown as he was for many years and then let's invest in the position around him so Andy I think you're absolutely on point here with what you're saying the Steelers plan is probably to pay one wide receiver and invest everywhere else and you know draft here and try to put in guys here and there but I truly think if you're looking for long-term sealers you know, unless Deontay Johnson goes ballistic in the next few years. And I will say this to be fair to Deontay Johnson. He's also not had the best quarterback play. You go back and you looked at the years that he's um, 
that he that he's been on the team. He was drafted in 2019. That was the first year that Ben Roethlisberger missed the entire season, and he had to work with Mason Rudolph and Deont uh, and uh, and uh, Devlin Hodges. Then 2020, he had good Ben Roethlisberger for a little for a little bit there, but then Ben Roethlisberger's knees kind of started to get weak, and he couldn't put up as many big numbers. Uh, and then in 2020, you had the old man version of Ben Roethlisberger, which which was the worst version of him. He's still good, still still good enough for them to make the playoffs, but still like that wasn't. Prime AB Ben Roethlisberger, mid 2010s when when Ben Roethlisberger could throw back to back six touchdown type games and, and give him that chance. It's Deontay Johnson, we have not seen him operate in an offense that's efficient in passing the ball, and we still may not this year, but still, I think it could be better. You think back to his best season, he had 1,100 uh, yards and eight touchdowns in 2021. Let's say Kenny Pickett takes a step forward and Deontay Johnson. Uh, does get the chance to be a star by the end of his his contract he should be 28 years old I believe uh, when you look at him the way his, he's paying out for the Steelers the Steelers would have a choice then to say hey do you want to pay Deontay Johnson you know to stick around you know into his 30s or do you want to pay George Pickens and see who's the bigger bigger name wide receiver right there I think that's a good problem to have or not even necessarily a problem but a good thing to have there for the Steelers. So to answer Andrew's question, I think George Pickens is your guy long-term, but I wouldn't be shocked if they paid Pat Frymuth and he found a way, if Darnell Washington is the guy, if they found a way to keep him around and because it was more, it was less expensive to do so. Because also you have to remember, by that time, if we're talking Pat Frymuth, we're also probably talking about what are they doing with Kenny Pickett. If Kenny Pickett has ascended to being one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL – he, his payday is going to be coming around the corner. So they're going to have to think of smart ways to spend their money because then the benefit of having the rookie contract quarterback, those days are going to be over and they're going to need to, need to figure out how to spend smarter. So uh, back to Joe Marino's point, could be that the tight end position could be the way to save money on that. And the Steelers just kind of stick to the plan of paying big money to one wide receiver and drafting around them so that they don't have to pay big money to multiple wide receivers there while making maybe tight end a featured position on the roster. We got a, a few more questions here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks again to Andy for the question and the donation to the Cystic Fibosis Foundation. We'll get to those questions and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast in a bit. Don't go anywhere. I'm Chris Carter, your host. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're wrapping up the show here, but we want to get, get a few more of your questions in here. So uh, let's go to this question that kind of got answered last week, but our friend Will from Holidaysburg had a question about Mitch Trubisky. And it, I think it taps back into a conversation I had with Jenna Harner on the Friday episode, but we'll revisit it just for a second because Mitch Trubisky's extension is still kind of fresh in our minds because it happened late last week. Here's Will. Good morning, Chris. This is Will from Holidaysburg. I know I've kind of beat this issue to death, but I was hoping next time you and Ray are talking about the Steelers roster, Trubisky is going to be our number two, even though we signed Mason. I personally like Mason a lot, but here's the problem I have that I wanted your opinion on. A team like Arizona last year or somebody that loses their quarterback and needs an emergency mercenary kind of guy, someone's going to call Mitch's agent. You know, he's still a starter in many books, and he could easily leave if he got a chance to start somewhere else. And I really think Omar should 
move him along when he has value um, and keep Mason at number two and get that $8 million off the books. Um, just wondering if you looked at that angle about how he's viewed by the rest of the league and his chances of leaving suddenly. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Will. Now, I want everyone, before they jump down Will's throat, this he made that call before Mitch Trubisky's extension. So there's a reason why he was talking about that, that different things. I think it's mu a much taller task for them to move him now. He's on a three-year deal, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but when we look at what Mitch Trubisky uh, is getting there, also Jerry Dulek from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette uh, did some reporting, and we got some more numbers on the deal with his with. Trubisky's three-year deal, according to Jerry Dulac, from my my partner at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, um, uh, he reported, you know, with the he, he gets a three-year deal worth nineteen point six five million dollars. Eight million of that is guaranteed. Part of that is the guaranteed money that he already had on the books. Uh, with the eight million comes comes a six point nine two million dollars signing bonus, veteran minimum veteran minimum salary of one point eight one point oh eight million in twenty twenty three, uh, and basically. He's going to he's going to he's going to be freeing up a little bit more money this year. So again, go check out uh, Jerry Dulac's uh, article on that in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. But um, in looking at the at the numbers there, I think the Steelers are in kind of kind of a position where they can look at look at the books and say, okay, Mitch Trubisky signed a bit of an, ex an, ex an extension here. Now there's going to be a little bit more money freed up and. Maybe they want to keep him around. So to answer Will's question, I do think the Steelers, they're never going to turn down a situation where if a team comes offering something that they'll just say, no, get out of here, unless it's like, you know, TJ Water, a player that, they, that they're absolutely in love with. There's absolutely the chance that's, that, that someone loses their quarterback in training camp. Someone gets desperate and they're like, oh, man, we need a veteran quarterback here. Pittsburgh, we like Mitch Trubisky. Uh, let's let's work something out here. Um, but again, I, I think the Steelers, you know, paying Mitch Trubisky to to stick around for a few more years shows they like him for that. And maybe Mason Rudolph uh, could be the number two quarterback again in Pittsburgh. But I, I think with the new deal, it's just hard to see that happening uh, unless someone comes in with like a third round pick or something like that. And then you're like, okay, well, you know what? We'll 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 part ways with our backup quarterback for that because that can be a really good uh, draft value. So uh, to answer Will's question, I don't think it would it would happen unless someone came in offering something. And I think that would be a steep price for someone to pay. So I don't think it would happen. But hey, we've seen crazier things happen like Chase Claypool going for the set, the first overall pick of the second round. But anyways, let's get to another question here. Uh, this is more of a scheduling question which the schedule was released a few weeks ago. But I'm going to get to our friend RJ out in Michigan who asked a question about when the Steelers might have a more convenient part of their schedule. Here's RJ. Hey, Chris. This is RJ in Ishpeming, Michigan, uh, a longtime listener. My question is, uh, on the surface, what do you think is the easiest part of the Steelers' schedule this upcoming season, depending on who you ask? Everyone seems to have different responses, but I'm curious as to what, you know, three, four game stretch you deem probably the easiest part of the schedule for the upcoming year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Thank you, RJ, for your question here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Remember, if you want to ask a question, all you have to do is call 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. We'll try to get you on a show. And if you donate $10 to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, your question will be answered within a week of your donation. We'll try to get that out as fast as possible. Uh, we do apologize to those who do call and sometimes don't get their, their calls on because – 
There's a lot of y'all that call all the time, but um, let's get let's get to his question here. Let's pull up the schedule here on on YouTube. So if you're watching, you can look at the schedule on your screen. If you're listening, I'll I'll, I'll break things down a little bit here. I, I truly think what could end up really working for them, uh, schedule wise, is they have a period right after the bye where they have an away game against the Rams and then three straight home games. That could be the time when the Steelers make a really strong push. Now we got to see how they start the season, right? They start against the Niners, the the Browns, you know, the new look Browns. You know, with Deshaun Watson have a full year to kind of settle in. Uh, the Raiders on the road, the Texans on the road, the Ravens. If they come through that 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 stretch four and one, um, or even three and two, I think they put themselves in a position with the stretch of the next four games after their bye week in week six, where the right after the bye, they're on the road Sunday, Sunday afternoon against the Rams. Then right after that, they have um they they they're back home against the Jaguars, 1 p.m. And then right after that, a Thursday night game against the Titans. But then after that, they get a long break to just have another home game against the Packers. Now we talked when their schedule was released with Jenna Hunter about this two weeks ago about how um, yes, two Thursday night football games that stinks. No one likes that, but the benefit could be the weeks after those games, you get kind of that longer week off. And if the Steelers can use that with their early week six by to rest some guys, it might be the perfect time to be able to, to score some big wins. And you look at before and after both of their Thursday night football games, um, well, actually, afters, uh, the last one is an away game against the Colts, but these aren't matchups that terrify you this year. You know, there's no Chiefs wait, waiting for you right after Thursday night football. Thursday night football, uh, again, the four game stretch that I think to answer uh, the question here uh, from our friend RJ is the Rams in week seven on the road, then at home against the Jaguars in week eight, at home against the t- Titans in week nine, and then at home against the Packers in week 10. And then right after that, you're on the road in Cleveland. And again, who knows how Cleveland is going to be this year? I, I'm one of the people who just believe, I'm sorry, until until they actually do it. I don't think the Browns are the thing to fear in the AFC. Uh, I know they got Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb's still a beast, Miles Garrett's still a beast, but until that organization proves that they can put it together for more than half a season, I, I, I think that they're one of the more beatable teams in the AFC, and I think that that's a matchup that the Steelers you know, maybe I'm not saying that they should be licking their chops at, but they can look at and say, you know what? That's just like everybody else. Just got to come and do your part and you're going to win. That's kind of what the Steelers uh, approach every game. They, you know, when they talk about nameless gray faces, they mean it doesn't matter who they play. They have to do their job to beat their opponents. But that's the stretch that I look at could be the most beneficial for the Steelers because you look at a lot of other parts of the schedule and there are some really challenging moments. You know, I, you could look at and say, you know, maybe, uh, the stretch of week 13 and week 14 on the on at, at home against the Cardinals and then the Patriots. And then right after that, you're on the road against the Colts. But that, that's bookended by an away trip in week 12 against the Bengals and a home game against the Bengals in week 16. So if you're looking for four weeks, that's a tough stretch there. But 13 through 15 could be a three game uh, set for the Steelers to work out for them. But I think the sweet spot for the Steelers season this year could be if we're looking at the schedule uh, to answer RJ question is right after the bye week on the road against the Rams playing a Rams team that I'm not sure what their identity is right now because they're now they're two years removed from their Super Bowl championship run. How healthy will they be? They've they they're missing pieces 
uh, from previous years. I don't think they're going to be the Super Bowl threat that they were two years ago. I think that Sean McVay's kind of spent, I think they're dealing with the impact of spending all the money that they did in free agency and making the trades that they did uh, to kind of do, to kind of win and be in the win now mode. And they're coming down from that. Then you play a Jaguars team that, yeah, sure, you're excited about the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and Travis ATN, but I, I think they're a team that just like the Steelers, they're up and coming and they're trying to prove something. Then you play a Titans team that, who knows what they're trying to do at quarterback right now? Ryan Tannehill got, you know, you know, has has is has clearly two successors behind him and Will Levis and, and Malik Willis. That's a different situation. And you got the Packers, uh, you know, again with Jordan Love, a quarterback that we need to see how he's going to play for the Packers this year. And all of this can change with how good teams actually are this year you know there's always those teams that you know you don't expect to be really good and then it turns out they are really good and then they their their games on the schedule that you looked at back in august and you said oh man that's an easy dub and now you're looking like oh wait a second that's actually a really tough game for the steelers but again i'm looking at that middle stretch here let's say again let's let's say let's give them three wins in their first five games uh that they that they that they pull off uh in those first five games if they're able to come through that next then that, that next week, four week stretch after the bye week with another three wins, you're looking at six and three in a decent, decent position there heading into the second half of the season. And then it could be a matter of win four out of your last eight games and you have a 10 win season. And that might get you to the playoffs in the AFC this year, because as much as people are talking about how good the AFC is and this, that, and the third, these teams are going to beat up on each other. I don't think it's going to be like five, 13 win teams. I think there's going to be like two or three that could be, that could have 12 plus wins, but I think there's going to be a lot of teams with 10, nine wins that are hovering around there. And if the Steelers can, can do enough damage to some of those teams on their schedule, like the Ravens, like the Jaguars, like the Titans, I think they could put themselves in a, in a position where they're they're playing, they're, they're playing themselves into a strong playoff wild card position and maybe even competing for the division if the Bengals maybe have an off year a little bit there so all that being said if I'm picking a, a sweet spot of the schedule to expect maybe the Steelers to, to build something up it's right after the bye week for the next four games lining up those opponents three of those games at home um, and uh, one of those games coming off a Thursday night football game uh, to get them more rested to play the Packers at home there but uh, one thing that I always tell people you can never tell how tough a schedule is in what month is it may and uh you can't even really tell that in, in august or even really september sometimes so uh we'll see how that plays out but we thank rj and we thank all of our callers who called in with questions and we still have quite a few more than i that i could get to on the show but we'll save those questions for another episode thanks again to everyone who checked out the locked on steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques you can also read my work at the pittsburgh post gazette and check out our podcasts over there um at the, at the pittsburgh post gazette post-gazette.com as well as the north shore drive podcast for that but if you want to find me every day here on locked on steelers just search locked on steelers uh you can find me on your favorite podcasting app and on youtube like this video if you enjoyed it subscribe to this youtube channel for all your daily monday through friday episodes i'll be back tuesday with more talk on your pittsburgh steelers giving you a pre-look at what otas is going to be like this year because they start tuesday wednesday and thursday of of this week it's going to be an exciting lineup to see the guys back on the field and working together again we'll get to that later this week i'm your host chris carter we'll see you then here on the locked on steelers podcast